Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Finally, finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond. Listening to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400, The Midlands, Sports Radio 100.1, The Fan in Florence, 920 AM in Manning. Look, we're trying to drive that number up. We want to get... 100. That's the goal. We've never done it. We've been uh, in the 40s. We may have been over 100 on one of the little weekend shows that we'll do, but never for the live show, out of the gates, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We'd love to have you come in, like, share, subscribe, host a watch party, tell your friends and neighbors and your friends' neighbors about the Hurry Up No Huddle Sports Talk Express that rolls through on Facebook every afternoon. I had somebody that listens to the program say, hey, Swanee, uh, some issues with the levels on the callers versus you. Uh, so we're we're working on that. That's part of the, the game when you talk about doing the show from the Palatial 108 Studios and not doing it from uh, iHeartMedia. But nonetheless, uh, I hope it comes off and sounds well. You let us know if you're watching. We'll get your comments up. But again, help us hit 100 viewers uh, at one time. Not 100 viewers for the show. That's easily done. It's the at one time 100 people in here. And I tell you what, I don't know of uh, another way to do it, so I'm going to work on some giveaways, I think, to some of those 100 viewers at some point. I just got to figure out the nuances of pulling it off. The nuances of pulling off a victory in Death Valley this weekend for your Clemson Tigers against the Syracuse Orange weren't nearly as easy as I projected or you thought. Perhaps it was the overinflated belief of what Clemson was going to be able to do, given the fact that they looked dazzling uh, in that road matchup against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets a week prior. Credit Dino Babers. Credit Syracuse. Certainly Clemson had their errors and mistakes that they made. Dabo Sweeney talked about those yesterday afternoon. If you are a premium subscriber to ClemsonSportsTalk.com, you've probably already heard those. If you are not a premium subscriber to our website, you will certainly hear those later on in today's program, uh, if not later in the week, depending on the time today. William Qualkenbush in hour number two. We've got great audio from a Joe Joe with a story this young man has become at Clemson in the 2020 campaign. So again, share, share, share. Help us get it up. Do what you can. I think the best way to go about it on Facebook is to host a watch party. Have that bad boy rocking and rolling right over on your Facebook page so that all your friends and neighbors and friends' neighbors know that we are here for you each and every afternoon. All right, 47 to 21, the final score this past Saturday in Death Valley. What are our biggest takeaways? Consistency, no matter how good you are, no matter how bad the opponent may be deemed, 
uh, is incredibly difficult when we talk about 18 to 22-year-old men. I can get the blinders. You can get the blinders. We all can be blinded by the light, so to speak, of the success that the Clemson Tigers have had to the point of almost getting absurd in the belief of what you think they should look like on every single possession, every single play, every single quarter, every single half, and every single game. Okay, Our expectations, their expectations are through the roof. And when they don't perform to that level, it's an uncomfortable place to be. It's a twilight zone type moment. We've got a great article over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com right now about that very thing. It's an amazing place to be where when the game is said and done and you are a 26-point victor, you somehow feel like you may have lost that ball game. There's a positiveness or a positivity. Is that the, is that the correct phrasing? I there's a positiveness. English. Who needs that? I'm never going to England. There's something positive about that. How about that, Homer? Homer J. Simpson. 803-450-0086. You could call that number right now. Leave us a message. You could text that number right now and be a part of the program. And it doesn't matter if you're listening to us in the Midlands, the PD, the Low Country, uh, anywhere in the world. You could call that number, leave us a message, text that number, and be a part of the show. There's something positive to the fact that you can win by 26, not look great, but really be in control throughout the ball game. Maybe even enough to challenge your team just a little bit because you need that at some point. If we translate this conversation to one of the NCAA and the NCAA tournament, what do we talk about a lot with teams going into the NCAA tournament? We talk about the fact that these guys need to be challenged. You don't want to go into the NCAA tournament riding some incredible winning streak, feeling like you're invincible, having yet to be tested. You want to taste a little bit of that pressure. Pressure can bust pipes. Pressure can make diamonds. You need a little bit of that before you head up to South Bend, Indiana to take on Notre Dame in two weeks. You need a little bit of that before you get into whatever the matchup is in the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship game, assuming you get there. You need a little bit of that before you get into the college football playoff. You need a little bit of that every single season. And it's just it, it just so happens that in recent years, Syracuse has kind of been that team. And I think part of it is the fact that because Syracuse has been that team, they play with a, a, an air of confidence that other teams may not play with. I think that because Syracuse has been that team, Clemson recognizes that they are a team that can challenge you, so it's also in the back of Clemson's mind. And, quite frankly, I think Brent Venables hit the nail on the head. Brent Venables, Clemson defensive coordinator. saying essentially after the game, look, if you're the team that just got beat by Liberty 38-21 to 21, and you're a 46.5 point dog and you've been told all week long how bad you are, you're going to come out and throw some haymakers. Because, look, the guys on the other side from Clemson, 
they're on scholarship. They may not be as talented. They may not have measured up in the recruiting rankings. But they're just not going to roll into Death Valley and go, oh, right this way. Pardon us, Travis. Were you in, were we in your way? Were you trying to run to the end zone? Our bad. Let us let us just slide out of the way so you can have a free path to the end zone. They were doing some X cuts across the front, mixing up some things on the you know, to really bring pressure. I know there was some frustration from the fans that Clemson wasn't more successful. Trevor Lawrence, twenty-seven of forty-three, two hundred and eighty-nine yards. Two touchdowns offset by one interception that was taken to the house. Clemson's defense also got a score, sort of the moment where you exhaled a little bit. Andrew Booth's scoop and score. The Tigers almost had a second interception or a second touchdown defensively where Mike Jones Jr. got an interception and went out of bounds about the three-yard line inside the five. And that's the one. I wrote... In our predictions article, I thought Clemson would get a defensive score this week. I thought it would be a pick six. It was not. I thought they'd get to Culpepper. They almost did. But the defensive score by Syracuse, a blocked punt by the Orange. There's some things that Clemson still needs to clean up. But Dabo Swinney said it yesterday, yesterday, and he's absolutely right. You clean up a couple of those miscues and it might be 27 to nothing at the break. Instead, you throw the pick in the two-minute offense with 130 left. And I don't blame Clemson. Look, they could have taken they could have taken a, a 24 to 7 lead to the break. They could have just sat on the football. But when you don't get a ton of chances, a ton of opportunities to run your two-minute offense and you've got a chance, why not go for it? And that's what they did. They throw a pick. They get the ball back with like 118 left in the first half. Drive it down, get a field goal. And Sweeney said that was a moment he really appreciated the most because Clemson answered. You know, the Tigers answered the bell uh, in that moment. Again, 47-21, your final score. Clemson dominating the second half, dominating the third quarter, going back to one bad snap, essentially cleaning up the sloppiness from that point forward. Yes, it felt a little bit like the twilight zone at times. Yes, they did not appear to be the best team in college football for one weekend. But the consistency that this team plays with has, I I believe, has filled all of us with an unrealistic vision of what this team has to be every time out. And yeah, some people would say, you know what, Dabo Sweeney got defensive because the questions are negative, negative, negative. But in fairness to the members of the media, if you've covered the last 36 Clemson games, they are 35-1. and one. If you've covered the last 36 Clemson games, there have been just a, a smidgen of games where they were challenged. So anytime you get a chance to say, hey, what happened there? How was this game not? And, you know, Coach Sweeney said, look, we got, we got up 17 nothing. That's what I saw. Right. But we all saw the other issues that came along with it. And believe me, 
while publicly, Dabo Sweeney might be defending his team privately, he is breaking that film down and giving it to him. Because teachable moments take place in wins and teachable moments take place in losses. And a lot of teachable moments take place in a game that look like that for three quarters. But what does it say about your team at the end of the day? 47 to 21. Never felt threatened. All of that. Aunt Pruitt chimes in and says, seems like Syracuse always has our number. They're ready to go. And I have a lot of respect for Dino Babers. I, I, I want to say that. I, I'm still saddened by the fact he wouldn't put on my Ray-Bans at the ACC kickoff a couple of years ago. But he's a military guy. I respect that. But I think as far as the culture and the attitude and and everything that it takes to build some intestinal fortitude into your kids, I believe Dino Babers is one of the best in the league. It's sort of like if you flip the script just a little bit and you said, hey, Swanee, what do you think Clemson would look like under Dabo Sweeney if they just weren't loaded up with talented players? If they didn't have all of these top-ranked guys coming in and being part of the program, what would they look like in a matchup against the top-tier opponent? Save for a handful of games in Sweeney's career, Florida State 2013, where the Seminoles just obliterated Clemson inside that valley. Outside of maybe the Orange Bowl when when West Virginia beat the brakes off of the Tigers. They've been pretty competitive. They just never have gotten just beaten down consistently under Dabo Sweeney. They've been pretty competitive. And so outside of of a handful of games, I think that's what you would get from them. Competitiveness. And that's what Dino Babers desires. That's what Dino Babers got. And, you know, maybe the more telling thing is that if you you said to me, hey, Syracuse is going to turn the ball over four times against Clemson. One of which is going to be a fumble return for a score. The other is going to be an interception that's returned to inside the three. What do you think the final score is going to be? And I'm probably going to give you more in line with what I thought it would be anyway. 60-some-odd to 10. But Lawrence's pick six, that's accounted for there. A 96-yard drive with a big hit over the top. Brent Venables taking you know the 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 brunt of that saying that touchdown that that 83 yard touchdown reception was on me the one by Nikeem Johnson he didn't put that on the players he put it on himself in the scheme Players today said that's one of the things that they love about him. I think it was Mike Jones Jr. Said, you know, the thing I love about Coach V is that he will take responsibility when he truly believes something is his fault. 
you know, Coach Venables is accountable to the players. If he's going to demand accountability of the players, if he's going to demand that they, you know, execute the plays to the best of their ability as consistently as possible, then when he puts them in a bad spot, you know what you know what a man does. You know what a man does. Actually, do you know what a uh, not even a man really, but a responsible and decent human being does? They don't cover up their mistakes. They they own them. They say that's on me. My bad guys. Brent Venable says my bad guys, and his players respect that. I respect that. The minute you start to feel like your you are being discredited or your abilities are being discredited, but yet you know in your heart of hearts that it was a bad call or whatever on the field and your coach doesn't own up to that. You know, if your coach just says, man, Joseph Charleston played that one poorly. But Joseph knows otherwise, it doesn't last long. But being accountable to yourself, to your team, to the players that are underneath you is huge in building the culture and the mindset and the approach that Clemson wants. Travis Etienne with three touchdowns on the day, 16 attempts, 86 yards, did not break the all-time rushing mark in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I blame Frosted Flakes. He had to come out of the game in the third quarter, get an IV, was asked about it after the game. He said, man, all I ate was a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Dabo Sweeney said yesterday, look, Frosted Flakes are sort of our friends. They're, they're Tigers too. They're great. But apparently you also need to go with a little, little meat and potatoes, maybe a little eggs and bacon. You know, something something to give you a little more, a little more punch. Far be it from me to tell ETM what he should have for breakfast. But clearly, <laughs> clearly, going into the Syracuse game, Travis ETN thought that oh, all I need for these guys is a bowl of a bowl of frosted flakes, and apparently it's the most witnessed bowl of frosted flakes in the history of college football. Darian Rencher today. Saying, yeah, I saw him eating the bowl of Frosted Flakes. I figured he had more than that. And I'm just going to tell you. I am a big Frosted Flake guy, too. It's not one I keep around. If If we get Frosted Flakes at this house. Now, this is. I'm digging in deep. If I get Frosted Flakes at this house, I go Frosted Flakes. A little bit of milk, whipped cream on top. How dare you? It It is fantastic. That's how I dare. Next time you get some Frosted Flakes, go Frosted Flakes, little milk, whipped cream on top. Not Cool Whip either. You got to go the, the spray out of the can. I'm... I'm telling you, that, that'll, get, that'll get you through the show. That'll get you through a football game. That's what ETM was missing. The whipped cream. On the, Aunt Pruitt respects the whipped cream. You know he does. It's big time. Wait till you try it if you haven't. 
delicioso. All right, well, we come back. Oh, Canada. A Joe, a Joe was spectacular today during our media time with him. We've got that audio for you next on the show that shakes the Southland. The show that shakes the Southland. Yeah, I don't know. The music, the music there kind of rough. I <laughs> bring you in on a Monday. On a Monday. Screaming. 803-450-0086. That's the text line. We got a message from Mike listening to the program in Lexington. Today, Mike will get to your comments in just a few minutes. I want to get out to a Joe a Joe. Um one of the beautiful things about this job, one of the great things that we get to do with this is to meet these players. And even though you peel back you peel back the layers a little bit on these guys, you don't know everything about them. And, you know, I think one of the reasons that occasionally it makes it so difficult for members of the media when a guy has some trouble off the field or, you know, runs into, you know, and somebody will say, well, what was going on? Like, how did you not, did, did you know that anything was up, you know, going on with this kid? Typically, no, you don't. Um, because we get to know them, but we don't know them. But man, the genuineness of a Joe Joe today and listening to his conversations with the media. And there were a ton of people from Canada on the call. Uh, just a, a young man at wide receiver for Clemson, another name that maybe 95% of the college sports populace did not know, kind of like Travis Etienne. Didn't know three, four years ago when he first started his career. And Joe Joe, I think, sort of the same. A lot of people aren't going to say, yeah, man, I remember when Joe Joe was coming out of high school. No, you don't. No, you don't. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now you got this kid from Canada who moved down to Clearwater to uh, play football, and I believe it was Clearwater Academy, if my memory serves me correctly. Sort of a freakishly gifted athlete. Comes in, beginning to make his name known a little bit in year one. Obviously, that's been opened up by injuries to uh, Joseph Ngata, by the fact that Justin Ross is not playing this season, but a young man that every single day seems to be getting better and better uh, in this Clemson Tiger 
offense. Here's what uh, Joe Ajo had to say. He was asked by a member of the Canadian media. Uh, he was asked about what it's like to be a part uh, of a major brand, national football brand like Clemson. Uh, it's it's crazy for sure. I mean, like, as you said, coming from Brooks, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm just super thankful. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really ask for much more than this. Cannot really ask for much more than this. And I will tell you, uh, for whatever reason, during his Zoom, there was some audio issues. So you might hear a little uh, hiccup here and there along the way. As Joe was Joe uh, was also asked about another Canadian playing college football, Chuba Hubbard, the star running back at Oklahoma State, one of the top 10 teams in the country. Chuba Hubbard, who rushed for over 2,000 yards a season ago for the Cowboys. Here's what Joe had to say about Chuba and his influence on his game. I remember I was at home in Edmonton, and I'm watching Chuba get his first touchdown. And it's like, wow, like one day, I promise you, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I'm going to be there. They're going to be talking about me like they talk about him. And then, like, fast forward, like, a year and a half later, boom, I'm getting all these offers and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, like, it happened so fast. You know what I mean? Like, it was. it's just crazy to think because, like, I remember uh, he came back. Uh, after his first season and uh, we're talking at a I think it was the senior bowl you know I think you know yeah but we're talking at the senior bowl and he's like hey man just just stay working and don't worry you got it you got big things coming for you and then kind of just spoke it into existence spoke it into existence and one of the things that I think is really uh, great to hear and, and something I think is tough to recognize maybe from the you know just being a being an American covering this sport and covering college sports in general is the what appears or at least feels like a much more smaller window of individuals uh, who can achieve uh, this type. Of, it, it seems like it's a tighter bond for those kids from Canada. They know each other through the circuits that they've run in and some of the, uh, you know, some of the, uh, I guess you would call these, you know, the outfits that are kind of producing collegiate players. It's a smaller pool, and thus they they know each other. Uh, Ajo was also asked about uh, his mom uh, and his dad, who both work in uh, a, a, like a meat facility, I believe is how he explained it. But uh, just talking about what it's been like for his mom to have his son really taking two countries by storm. Certainly, playing for Clemson has expanded his profile in the United States, and he hasn't done a whole lot yet. But in Canada, I'm telling you, by the number of Canadian media members that were on the call, a Joe Joe is absolutely a big deal. Here's what he said about what his mom uh, is, is feeling right now with all this going on. My mom is my biggest supporter. Uh, she motivates me the most. It's uh, she doesn't really notice like she knows that like I'm doing good, but like she doesn't really know like how big it is yet until like yet. So I'm just I'm just keep working and she'll understand when I really make it. So he says his mom really doesn't doesn't know, doesn't have a clue really uh, what's going on or how big this could potentially be 
uh, for him. Joe was Joe there in Tigertown earlier today talking. We got a fantastic article up. It takes a village. Uh, Joe Joe loves Clemson and Clemson loves him back. Head over to our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. The entire interview uh, with Joe is up as well over there. We'll have more of that coming up here on the program in just a few minutes. But I think, you know, the thing for me listening to that and the thing for me recognizing uh, what I hear in that young man is the same thing I heard four years ago when Travis Etienne was a freshman at Clemson. And that is a, a young man who is going to be driven, focused. He's going to be purposeful in his growth as a student athlete. And I think you've got a rising star. I really do. I, I You just hear it. There have been guys I have interviewed. I will not name the names here on the program. There have been guys that I have interviewed throughout my career and doing this some 15-plus years covering your Clemson Tigers where when we wrapped up the interview, I thought, oof, this guy's going to have trouble riding this thing out collegiately. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they surprised me. We'll come back. We'll hear from Mike and Lexington next. Now, that is more my speed on a Monday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland. Lawton Swan with you. Like, share, subscribe. Do it now. We didn't reach our goal again today. We came up short. Came up short, and it doesn't matter. See, here's the thing that I think can can be tricky for people. So, like, you might be on one platform. You know, again, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. We podcast the show. Think about it. That's like... Essentially, like time travel. Because you listen when you want to listen, where you want to listen, uh, you can do it. But if you're watching on one platform, and like if you're on YouTube, I know there's not a lot of people watching. So you might go, well, why am I going to share it? There's only going to be three people. Wherever you're watching, if you share it, what I see, the number I see on my screen is across all platforms. We did not reach our goal today. And typically that goal comes hot right out of the gate, 4 o'clock. So if you share it, host a watch party, do all that. Tell everybody, say, listen, come see the best looking man in radio. I mean, that's not hyperbole. Can we be Can we be honest about that? Oh, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, listen to the program. He says, Swanee, I just wonder if opposing defensive have – Figured to shut out Travis Etienne and Rodgers and make the rest of the wide receivers make plays. You know, Mike, it's a great question because, again, we did see what I would call uh, minimization of Travis Etienne uh, this weekend by the defense's approach. We heard that in the answers from Tony Elliott just in the discussions about you know what Syracuse was trying to do specifically to take him out of the game where uh, where I believe a bit of frustration crops up for Clemson Tiger fans comes from the fact that if 
and and before I'll go go too far into the weeds on this. We're talking about a 26-point victory, okay, before we get too deep in on this. But, you know, when you think about what these guys are trying to do against this team, they don't seem, Clemson at least, doesn't seem to be concerned. Tony Elliott said, so we talk about it all the time. Our standard is set. We know what the standard is today. We didn't quite play up to that standard. We'll go back and watch the film, and it won't be as bad as you think. Coach Sweeney confirmed that. He said, look, it's never as good or as bad as you think. You know that. I know that. We all know that. As a matter of fact, watching that game, from my my perspective, which is much different than the fan perspective, I never got squirrely at all. I was just kind of like, all right, here you go. Getting tested again. Got to play your game. Got to play well. Can't panic. Don't get all, you know, my my wife and my son, they're getting a little bit antsy about it. I'm like, relax. You're going to face some adversity. But if you have the right mindset, you can traverse moments like that and games like that and still come out victorious. You know, ETN was out for most of the third quarter because he had to get that IV. That might also play into some of his numbers being a little bit down and, and at the end of the day just having, what, 86 yards? But, I, I, I mean, what would you do? Like, it's, again, Mike, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. That's what I would do. I would try to take away those two guys and I would say, all right, we'll beat us with everybody else. Make Frank Ladson start making those catches over the top. The good thing for Clemson is you saw Davis Allen again get into the end zone. You know Braden Galloway's talent level. The tight end suddenly emerging. Clemson also still doesn't seem to be quite right behind Travis Etienne, in my opinion. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit And what I mean by that is, I think Lin Jay's comparing himself to Travis, Tony Elliott said that today as well. Just uh, essentially getting into the fact that, look, when you have to focus on you, he said, don't worry about Travis, focus on you. He said, quote, when I say that, what I mean is 
that they all want to produce, they all want to have big plays in the running game, and sometimes they can press too much. So there was a play on Saturday where the coaching staff felt like Lynn J. Dixon tried to bounce it to the outside when he would have done better going between the tackles and really uh, hitting the hole. And that is something where I think because they see ETN hit these big home runs, these other players want to do the same. 803-450-0086. Lots of great content coming up here on the program. William Qualkenbush in hour number two will get his reaction uh, to Clemson's weekend matchup against Syracuse. Uh, again, I said it before the I said it before the game. And I just got a text message a few minutes ago as well from John in Archdale. He says, Swanee, we are spoiled. We're spoiled. And I don't I don't deny that, John, at all, do I? It's hard to hear sometimes. It's hard to have honest conversations with yourself. It's hard to have a self-evaluation and recognize that you have won 35 out of 36 games. You've been in the college football playoff consistently. You're the number one team in the country. You expect to get back there. You're spoiled. But it's all right. That's okay. Like There are some people that just can't address the truth about things. It's okay that you're spoiled. You have to enjoy these moments. Because eventually, like I said, on, on and I'll play the clip if you want to hear it. Some of you were here on Friday. You know what? We're going to hit the reset button. I'm going to play a little snippet from Friday's show for the spoiled Tiger fans around me so that you guys can better you know, handle being spoiled. Stay with us. Fox Sports Radio 1400. Online at foxsportsradio1400.com. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app. And on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. An iHeartRadio station. Welcome back, Penn State. Back. How about that? Oh man, what a what a tough way to what a tough way to lose the opener. Number eight, Penn State falling to Indiana in out. Man, there were a lot of a lot of good games this weekend. Ohio State looked the part again. South Carolina, you can't figure these guys out. There's a great meme from the SEC shorts or a meme or a video or whatever, just sort of a mockumentary. Uh, on being a South Carolina fan for Halloween. And uh, it's it's something. It's something. I saw a lot of Gamecocks watching it as well. All right, but here's, the, I mean, this is, I gave you the truth on Friday's show, if you weren't here, about being a Clemson fan and why I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. Why I don't want to hear it from Clemson fans. Here we go. Give me a break. I'm bored. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from a single Clemson Tiger fan. If you're bored, go find another team. 
I mean, what's the alternative? You know who's not bored this season? LSU fans. They're not bored. They're ticked off. They might drop to one and three with the South Carolina Gamecocks rolling in and putting a little something something on them tomorrow night. That but you're wrong. bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. We're just beating people's brains in. Whose fault is that? Go throw on Tommy West seasons mm. and come back and talk to me about being bored. Go watch my junior year at Clemson when they were three and eight and thankful that we won a third game. Talk to me about being bored. You'd be wishing you were bored the next time Clemson gets smacked around on the gridiron. You got a call in this show crying about how I don't understand how we got beat by a team when we were 46 and a half point favorite. I guess because you were bored. Yeah. That guy knows what he's talking about. That guy is smart. That clip's over on our uh over on our Twitter account uh, if you want to check it out. And again, for Clemson, it wasn't a perfect game by any means. Uh, but it's a 26-point victory. You've got young players making their way up. You've got young players improving, getting more and more playing time. You're you're into the back half of the season. That means those freshmen now, especially on that defensive front, have to kind of mature into young sophomores and uh, be more equipped on a regular basis to impact the game. So we were listening to some quotes from Ajoa Joe a little bit earlier, and we didn't get a chance to get through them all. They are, they're really amazing. I hope you'll go check out the article on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. We'd love to have you subscribe and be a part of uh, what we do uh, and um, help us continue to you know, not just have the most digital content covering your Clemson Tigers, uh, but to have really a family of Clemson Tiger fans that, that hang out with us. And that's online, on the air, through the podcast. All right, let's see. Michael hits us up today listening to the program. He says, I agree, Lawton. Enjoy it because you never know when you'll walk into your 1010 class And Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> okay. You got to help me out. Michael, hit me up again, again. Hit me up on that again. I think what he's saying is that when he walked into a 10-10 class at Clemson, Danny Ford got fired. And he says, you never know when that day will happen, even to a guy like Dabo Sweeney. I think that's what you're trying to say, Michael. Clearly, you were using talk the text. But I believe that's what you were trying to say. Back to a show show here briefly before we hit a break. We'll hear the rest of a show show in hour number two. But uh, he was asked about that first visit to Clemson. And there's a great picture on our website right now. If you go to the article of him taking a selfie in Death Valley, here's what the show had to say about that moment. Most definitely. I would like the moment he offered me. I wanted to say, yeah, I'm committed, but he, he, he's the one who said, I, I don't want you to commit now. I want you to go look at your options. You're still new to this, you know, so, but I already knew. I definitely already knew that I was coming here. Think about that. Sweeney told him, even though the kid wanted to commit, 
No. Go see everything else, then let us know. That's another reason Clemson's winning right now on the recruiting trail. As ridiculous as that thought process might sound, it absolutely plays great uh, for the parents. Uh, Here's what he said, uh, what it was about that visit that made the difference. I mean, it's like, it's not even like, it wasn't even the school really. Like, yes, the school, but like just the people. And when you're driving into... When you're driving in Clemson, like we took the back road, right? So it was like just like country and like farms, you know what I mean? And it's like, wow, it's looking like kind of like Brooks, you know what I'm saying? Like my hometown. And I was like, whoa. So like I heard there's the population here is 14,000, you know, and Brooks population is 14,000. So I'm like, you know, you really can't make this up. I was just connecting the dots really. And then on top of that, you come, I came here and it's just like, everyone's nice. Everyone just wants to see you grow and win. And it's, it's, it's kind of like Brooks in a sense. Cause like, you know, it, it takes a, a village to raise a, a child. You know what I mean? But like just the coaches and stuff, just like the way they, they help me and like, like make sure I'm good. And like in anything, you know, it's, I just love that. Joe, Joe speaking earlier today, not only with the Clemson media contingent, also a heavy contingent uh, of Canadian media members as well. Again, uh, a young man who has a fascinating, fascinating story. We'll hear more about his first touchdown at Clemson. What it's like to be at Clemson. We'll give you some insight into his thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. Plus, hour number two, we lead it off. You know it here on a Monday William Qualkenbush joins us. He'll give us his thoughts on the weekend that was for the Clemson Tigers. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of the other games in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Who's that fourth team that's out there in your opinion? Who's Qualk thinks that is that fourth team right now? We'll talk about all that and more when we get back. Stay with us. It's time for Clemson. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanny.
It is our number two. That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk Lawton Swam with you. You know it. Five o'clock. Well, <laughs> I say <laughs> I say five o'clock for the folks in the Midlands. Seven o'clock for the folks in the PD and the Low Country. William Qualkenbush joins us. So depending on where you are, world, in the time continuum, space-time continuum, that's when Qualks joins us. I know it's hour two, though, where you are. Qualk, what's up, big guy? How you been? Swanee, I've been good. Uh, you kind of threw me for a loop there because I had to triple-check my watch to see what time it actually was. Yeah. Other than that, I feel like I'm in the right spot. Well, you are. We run in tape delay in a couple of markets, and if I ever say the actual time, I'm really, I'm really squirrely. And Believe me, if there's like a baseball game or something going on, the NBA was bad for me. Believe me, because I'm having to talk about games that are going to be two hours from now somewhere else. And people are going to be like, that game ended. Hey, that game's already over. It happens. <laughs> it's the perils of radio, Qualk. Like I just want to double check that I'm in the right spot. And right. I feel like as long as I double check I'm in the right spot, I'm, I'm good. A little bit of a Twilight Zone moment, I think, for Dabo at the press conference. But I, I, I said this, and I wrote an article about it. In fairness to the media members that cover this team, Qualk, they have won 35 out of 36 games. You ne- If you ever get to really ask a question about anything that's, quote, gone wrong, it's normally you're having to nitpick to find things. That game just didn't feel like your typical Clemson game during this 36-game run. I see Dabo's point, but I'm going to start by saying I agree with you 100% that when you get an entire fan base to buy into best as a standard, Props on that, by the way, Dabo. It clearly worked because we know what best looks like, and when it doesn't look like best, people start asking questions. <laughs> if best is the standard, why not? I mean, I have to field all these questions. If best is the standard, why are the coaches not giving the players the best plays to run? I mean, so there's all kinds of tricky things about who gets to define what best is and all this stuff. I mean, the reality is, and I talked about it today, if we were getting best this game, Travis Etienne would have had bacon, eggs, and sausage for breakfast, but he thought he could get away with Frosted Flakes. So this is a guy that's gone through 50 pregames, and why do you think all of a sudden it was the game when they were 46-point favorites against Syracuse and not on national TV against Miami or national TV against Notre Dame or national TV against Alabama or Ohio State or some other team like that where he decides to experiment with a bowl of breakfast cereal? I mean, it's, it's silliness. Of course there was a lack of focus. Of course the energy level was low, like Trevor Lawrence said. Maybe not from the jump, like Trevor was saying. But at 17 nothing, they took their foot off the gas. And so those are obviously, you know, th- those are questions worth asking. I just think there's, there's no question that we can be critical of that because we've been told that best is a standard, and when it's not best, then we need to find out why. On the other hand, I see Dabo's perspective on this because he feels like he's got the opportunity – over the course of time to build up for himself a nice little resume of like some Matty rings and a million conference championships and whatever the case may be. And he wants us to treat it. I used this analogy on the show today. He wants us to treat it like a, a trip to a restaurant where somebody asks us, how was the meal? And all we can talk about is how it tasted. And you know what? Winning tastes good. We don't know what happened in the back. We don't know if three chefs resigned. We don't know if they dropped two of our steaks on the floor. We don't know if they ruined the first one, and so this is the second effort because the chef was so bad. We don't know if the manager was on the phone for an hour because her husband's trying to get a divorce or if somebody's kid got an F in school or somebody's distracted. We don't have any idea what happened in the back. Right. We don't know what happened in the kitchen. We don't know what kind of day our server had, Swanee. Nobody's asking us to know that. 
All they're asking us is, was the steak good? And as long as I have a good steak, my answer is yes, my steak was good. Dabo is basically saying, if the steak's good, it's good. Don't worry about what's happening in the back. I'll take care of that. When Gene Sapikoff asked him, are you concerned about the lack of push from the offensive line? He said, no, I'm not. To me, that was a statement that, I, of course, it wasn't great today, but I'm not concerned long term because I'm going to fix it. Yeah. And that's where I think Dabo has a little bit of a, of a disconnect between the media and fans who are critical sometimes is that he, I think he wants the benefit of the doubt like a restaurant that as long as the food tastes good, then we're okay with it and, and not worry about what's happening behind the scenes that he's going to handle. Well, and I, I guess it's similar to the situation like, okay, so you know what a Big Mac looks like on the commercial, and you know what it looks like when you actually get it. But even if that Big Mac is delicious when you actually get it, you don't ever go back and tell – you. even if you're eating in the restaurant, you don't walk up to them and go, I just want to tell you guys, that Big Mac was spectacular. But if there was a hair or if that thing didn't have enough lettuce – You'd go up and say something. So, you know, there was a little light lettuce on that Big Mac on Saturday, and Tiger fans and the media wanted to let him know. Well, you know what? I agree. And that that's the thing. Greatness is not news at Clemson anymore. We talk about <laughs> right. it all the time. Greatness is not news. And so that, like, that's why nobody's asking Dabo about how great such and such was, because it's not news, because they're great every week. Talk about the newest greatness from ETN or talk about the newest greatness from Trevor. I mean, those are easy questions. Those are, frankly, softball questions that other media groups around the nation would laugh at Clemson beat writers for asking. Here's another thing, too. I listened to that press conference. It wasn't nearly as negative as Davos' quote would suggest, number one. Number two, the questions weren't even that, I mean, accusatory. Anna Hickey's question about the energy level came because Trevor Lawrence said the energy was low. Yeah. So she basically was asking Dabo to confirm or deny what Trevor said, and Dabo emphatically denied that the energy level was a problem, where we know that probably he went in the locker room going, we got to get the energy level back up. We're like, we know that, that we know that was true. The other thing is, <laughs> Dabo's opening statement, legit. It said everything good. What were you supposed to ask him after he talked for nine minutes, ten minutes, whatever it was, about how great everything was and how great everybody played. You were, there was nothing else to probe there. He took care of all the good. So when it came time to ask questions, what he hadn't addressed yet was some of the specific issues that people saw in the game. So I, I am, I am full-throated defending the media and the approach to the questions for Dabo, even as I understand what Dabo would like us to do with his press conferences and post game after a game where you got 450 yards, you held the other team to 325. The, the best takeaway team in the conference, you only gave it away once, you were plus three in turnovers. You converted on third down. You didn't give up a single drive. I mean, the longest drive was 96 yards on four plays. It was one big play. You yeah. had a short field and a defensive touchdown. Defense was lights out. Those are the things that Dabo's like. If those are true, then just tell me the stake was good. And just, just be happy that your stake was good. And, and so I do feel like, again, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here a little bit, but that's where the disconnect comes in because we want to make sure that everything in the back was okay. And Dabo's like, nah, man, I'm going to tell you what was good about this, and then we'll just fix what's wrong. Y'all trust us. Qualk, how much do you like Brent Venables uh, just from you know his willingness to accept responsibility? He kind of talked about that uh, today, or at least Mike, Mike Jones Jr. did, that you know one of the things the players really respect is he felt like on that 83-yard play it was a bad call on his part. And, you know, I think he said something to the effect that he just wanted to go home and punch himself in the face. How much do you like having a guy like that being your defensive coordinator? 
Yeah, I was about to say, you know, next time I come in air and slow pitch softball or, you know, pop out to the third baseman or whatever, I'm just going to go home and punch myself in the face. I feel like that's a new form of uh, accountability there. I mean, isn't it great that you got a guy with that high of a standard? I mean, if you're a Clemson fan, you got to love that. If you're a player, let me tell you something. If you're a player, you got to love that too. Because Clemson as a program has had some really good defenses over time. But there's always one like, you know, even with Brent Venables, there's always one stinker. And so if your stinker comes on Saturday with what they gave up, then I'm going to tell you something. Good <laughs> things are ahead for Clemson football. Because that was far from, you know, giving up 6,000 yards to Jake Bentley on Thanksgiving weekend. That's far from the Pittsburgh game, shovel pass game, where Matt right. Canada was dialing it up and Peter Mann was throwing it all over the field. That's far from even uh, Glennon. I'm using all like uh, Gruden's quarterbacks here. Old Glennon was throwing it for 500 yards against Taj Boyd in the gang in, in Venable's first season. Uh, those are all like to me. Those, those are those are all really bad performances. I mean, he's he's frustrated about a couple things that I mean, big picture aren't even that big of a deal. I mean, you know, you think South Carolina would like to have some of the issues that Brent Venables is having? You think Will Muschamp want to go punch himself in the face? Imagine with the Brent Venables uh, standard, he'd have punched himself in the face after about halfway through the first quarter. I mean, that's that's kind of the that that's the thing is that the bar is set so high with Venables yeah. that it feels almost like nothing gets through, nobody ever gets complacent, and you just you gotta love it because that's how championships are made. William Qualkenbush is with us every afternoon in hour number two or every Monday in hour number two. We hope you don't want to punch yourself in the face. Uh, when he joins us here on the program, if you do follow him on Twitter uh, at Qualk Talk, it's a fantastic follow. And again, I, I think the other takeaway from this game for me is it's a 26 point win. Qualk, you threw a pick six, you had a block punt. I mean, to overcome that, Coach Sweeney's right on this front. To overcome that and to win the way Clemson wins just tells you a little bit about the makeup of this team. You know, Swanee, I've got a, I've got a little bit of a theory here, and uh, I'm not sure if it's right or wrong. Not sure, but it's a, it's a theory nonetheless that I think is legit. I think Dabo expected struggles. Uh, he even said after the game, you know, we knew, and I think he even said this in his, in his uh, Tuesday press conference as well. I'd have to go back and listen, but he knew that there were going to be issues that Syracuse was going to provide that didn't show up in on the Liberty tape. And so what fans saw was, hey. Liberty rushed for over 300. Travis is about to have a field day. I mean, we were talking about how quick does Trevor get out? How many touchdown passes does Hunter Hellman have? Is this a make or break for Pumachon or something? Like, we're talking about that. Right. How many running backs get in the game? How many receivers catch passes? All that stuff. I think Dabo knew full well that they were going to get a different scheme and a different game plan and a different team on the other sideline. And, you know, couple that with not playing your best game. I think Dabo understood better than anybody that Syracuse is, is capable of some things. Those things have not shown up the last two weeks, in particular against Duke and, and uh, Liberty. But go back to the North Carolina game. And they made Sam Howell look pretty pedestrian. I mean, nobody did a better job against Sam Howell until the Florida State game uh, of, of uh, limiting him and shutting him down. That was a 10-7 game, and if Tommy DeVito could, you know, keep from throwing uh, passes like you're skipping rocks across the lake, then they might have been able to actually do something in that game. But the, the reality is Syracuse, you know, th- their, their scheme is a little bit unique. They forced turnovers all year. You didn't give the ball away. Trevor was not – he was not uh, uh, clicking on all cylinders. He threw some balls that, to guys that weren't open. 
But you had the interception on a ball that was not supposed to be, probably shouldn't have been thrown. And then the other interception that was dropped on an overthrown ball uh, by the safety there in the middle of the field. Other than that, you were making good decisions. Um, but, I mean, to your point about Dabo, you have all these things go wrong. You were able to play well enough that the game wasn't even – I mean, it wasn't even – the outcome wasn't in question at the end. You still got to play your backup. And I think that's what Dabo wants people to understand is like, hey, you know, four years ago, five years ago, we played this game. It's tight in the fourth quarter. Two years ago in 2018 with Chase Bryce in the game. This game's tight in the fourth quarter. We, we make all these mistakes and don't play well. So that shows the growth in the program, and I think that's something that Dabo doesn't want people to miss on the climb that this program's still on. William Qualkenbush here on the show that shakes the Southland on a Monday afternoon. All right, Qual, let's turn our attention away from Clemson for a few minutes and turn it to the Big Ten, a league that came online this past weekend. Uh, first, your initial takeaways from what you got to see from Ohio State. Did they appear to be at 1-0, and the third best team in the country after one week? I mean, based on what I've seen right now and based on what we thought before, which, I mean, let's be honest, the way this season's gone, what you already thought, as long as it's not being just totally rebuffed, I think you're probably going to put teams like that in the playoffs. So, like, people who are like, I've seen all I need to see from Ohio State. Well, I mean, not really. To me, you're going off of what you thought you would see from Ohio State and what we just saw confirmed that prior, so you're just locking them in. I mean, I'd like to see it consistently. They gave up a lot more yards than I expected them to to Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, Justin Fields, that was a really good debut for Justin Fields, really solid debut against the Nebraska team that's still trying to find his defensive identity after, I don't know, like a dozen years of giving up 70 once a year or something like that. But I, it, it, feels like, it feels like other than Ohio State and other than a couple other teams in the Big Ten, there's not a lot going on throwing the ball. I mean, you have some decent outputs, but I wonder if starting a season in the freezing cold uh, is not uh, impacted some passing games, quarterback's ability to, to grip the ball. I felt bad, like Michigan and Minnesota, you know Joe Milton and Tanner Morgan would have loved to have that month of September where it's like 60 degrees and a little bit breezy to get comfortable with their receivers rather than like playing on the frozen tundra <laughs> the yeah. first game, you know, with temperatures in the 20s. I mean, that's silly. I mean, you look around the league, I, I questioned about Penn State. I said this, if, if there was one team coming mm. into this season – and overlooking his first opponent or starting slow is that James Franklin Penn State program going up against an Indiana team was better. Penn State was worse. Indiana was better. I took the Hoosiers out right, and that was a that was a solid result this weekend for uh, for Indiana. But other than that, the Big Ten looks like just a bunch of you know whatever programs. I'm interested to see what Wisconsin does. Their oh. biggest game of the regular season is at Michigan in three weeks, and Graham Mertz has COVID. So if they can somehow get by Michigan, which I'm not, I don't know how they do. I have no idea how they do that. They're going to have to show me that the backup is just as good as the best quarterback they've ever signed at Wisconsin. Then I, you know, that may be a crusher. But Wisconsin showed me something with Mertz on the field that he doesn't need super talented receivers. He can throw guys open. He can make some plays. I know it was Illinois, but that was an impressive debut as well. Well, and I wanted to ask you about the the Graham Mertz situation because I I was just looking. We had somebody text us about it. I haven't seen that they've confirmed the second test, but if they do, that's most likely going to mean he's out for 21 days. I mean, that's the big fear for all of these teams in the Big Ten this year is what COVID and, and the impact that it could have on their their schedule. I mean, if this is Ohio State that we're talking about today, uh, this is the biggest news story we've had in college football this season. It's not. It's Graham Mertz, but a big deal nonetheless. 
That's right. Uh, that That's why people are skeptical that the Big Ten is going to have enough games uh, to be able to do this. I mean, you look at uh, coronavirus cases are spiking in various areas of the country, particularly case, uh, you know areas that haven't seen a significant spike yet. That would include some areas in the upper Midwest, and yes, that would include some areas right near adjacent to or in college towns. And so when you've got to keep that overall number down at six, that's 5%. You've got to keep it six or below positive tests. It makes it very difficult, um, particularly with the three-week quarantine that involves uh, getting your cardiac stable and trying to make sure, double and triple check, and make sure these guys are back in the game shape. I'm wondering this too, Swanee. I, in, in, in looking at how people deal with, particularly symptomatic people are dealing with uh, coronavirus, I know I've had members of my family deal with it, and they say it takes a couple weeks to get your – like you can do stuff – but it takes a couple of weeks to get your stamina back. And so I'm looking at how Cam Newton's playing for the Patriots. You wonder if that has something to do with it there with his downturn since COVID. Again, these are all sort of conjectures. But if, if Graham Mertz, I mean, what th- this could theoretically be a lost season for Graham Mertz. If he's out three weeks and then it takes two to reacclimate, you're talking about five games. And there's no bye week built in there. I I really think in hindsight, we're going to look at what the Big Ten and Pac-12 didn't do, what they were afraid to do earlier, what they should have had access to, the ACC and the SEC resources to do the testing and to do it in a way that allowed them to cancel games and allow them to make up games and allow them to be a little more judicious with themselves instead of feeling like they got to cram this season in with no break. I'm just, again, when when you see Graham Mertz after the first weekend already out, again, assuming they confirm that test, it just shows you how, how tenuous this season is and what type of a razor's edge they are trying to walk right now. And, and again, they, we're going to look back at this and say, if they had started three weeks ago or a month ago, then this would feel a little more doable. I, I, I said as soon as the cases started to tick up nationally, I said that the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 look like geniuses. And a month before that, I would have told you, I don't know that they're making the right call. But compared to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 now, I don't think there's a question, my man. Listen, I also don't think there's a question that you're our favorite guest here on a Monday afternoon, brother. I'm not going to say you're our only guest on a Monday afternoon, but you are our favorite guest, Qualk, and we look forward to having you back on with us on uh, next Monday, brother. I'm just glad I didn't finish second to NA. That's all. <laughs> just don't finish second to NA. Uh, we'll try to we'll try to finish. We'll try to go one and zero next Monday. How about that? My man. My man, be good, Qualt. Take care, buddy. Hey, All by right. the way, you guys do a fantastic job, man. We don't plug your show enough. Uh, 12 to 3, 105, the Roar in the Upstate. He's killing it. Keep it up, big guy. Oh, thank you. William Qualkenbush, man. Good stuff from him. 803-450-0086. If you want to be a part of the program, hit us up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Got a couple of other things to get to on the program. That Graham Mertz story. Uh, we could dive into that. Penn State and Indiana. What a finish. We'll talk about that. Plus, some impactful Tigers in the NFL over the weekend. Oh, yes, including Isaiah Simmons. Stay on top of today's pop culture. Ace and TJ Mornings and today's hit music all day on 104.7 WNOK. William Qualkenbush with us on a Monday. Always good to hear from Qualk. Some great points. And again, 
You know, getting into the the conversations that we've had here on the program about the Big Ten, more specifically uh, about the Big Ten schedule and trying to get through what they're trying to get through, uh, it's it's not going to be easy. And you know, if Graham Mertz can't play. We still haven't got the confirmed. You just like like Quag says, it almost becomes a wasted season uh, for him, and that twenty-one day quarantine deal. We knew, we knew, we knew, and it's just, it's. It's going to be tough to watch and witness some players. And and here's the other thing we know about COVID, right? If Mertz's situation turns out to be positive, it, like, it doesn't matter. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What we see with COVID-19 is when there's one, there's multiple. And can you imagine? And Wisconsin just had such an awesome, awesome moment. This weekend, they looked great. Mertz was spectacular. Ben Zero says, I'm not sure if this has been discussed. Wisconsin without their quarterback for three weeks after testing positive for COVID. If they lose the next three games but win the remaining games after he comes back, how should the committee view those losses? I Bit zero, I think they're L's, man. I don't think there's any, I mean, any more than viewing Clemson minus Justin Ross, you know? It It is what it is. And it's been painful uh, to watch, you know, the effects that this has had on our country. It's been painful to watch the effects it's had on our ability as fans to go watch these games. Um, On and on and on. Now, there was a funny moment on Saturday. I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but or heard this or not, but you know, there was a trick play where Amari Rogers throws the ball back to Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor said after the game, yeah, it was open. He said, they don't say anything bad about me when I underthrow a pass, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I still got some positive yards. I think before that I had negative receiving yards in my career. Uh, Trevor Lawrence there talking about uh, the pass from Amari Rogers that came up uh, a little bit short on Saturday. Double O chiming into the program. He says, Swanee, I am a premium subscriber, and I am telling everyone not to listen to your show. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm telling everyone not to listen to your show and join me in boycotting you and your show. Stop begging for a goal of 100 fans watching live. And then you're trying to bribe people with gifts. So sad. Call your buddy Paul Feinbaum. 
That's from Double O. Hopefully, the watchman will come to my defense. 803 450 0086. I just, I'm like, I like a challenge, Double O. I like a challenge out of the gates every day. Again, Clemson also played that game, uh, gave up 14 points defensively. James Skalski didn't play. Tyler Davis didn't play. Darion Kendrick didn't play. I mean, the reality is, at each of the three levels, you had a starter out. Most of that was just from rough practice. Uh, Tyler Davis got banged up or rolled up on a Wednesday. And, you know, Clemson has a little bit of a luxury, whether you like it or not. Clemson has a little bit of a luxury to not have to play all of their guys all the time. They have a luxury of being able to rest some guys because they are deep and they are talented. I asked Dabo Dabo Sweeney about EJ Williams' block on the edge uh, during one of Amari Rogers' receptions, and uh, Sweeney said it was a well-executed X block to set the edge. Amari hit a little crease up in there. Those guys are growing. They're going to be a really good group, and I think that's one thing that I saw this weekend from some of the younger wide receivers is that maturity and that growth that we really want to we really want to see. And this team will absolutely be better because of it. They will absolutely be better because of it. But they've got a level of depth that is unparalleled outside of a couple of ball clubs, including Ohio State and Alabama. And Alabama this past weekend putting the rammer jammer, yellow hammer down on Tennessee, but on the opening kickoff lost arguably their biggest star, Jalen Waddell, out for the year. Just, you know, disappointing news because when you talk about the Heisman Trophy conversations uh, with a wide receiver, Jalen Waddell was really starting to get into those, and that's not something that's normal. And so for Alabama to lose him, he had successful season-ending surgery. It's just tough. It's it's tough. Now, Clemson fans, you don't look, you don't ever root. You shouldn't. I hope you don't root for anybody to be hurt. But that's if you want to talk about the type of loss that could impact Alabama getting to the postseason or winning a national title, that is their single biggest playmaker. I mean, that is a huge loss for the Crimson Tide. And I just hate it for the young man. The sport, to me, changed when I started covering it. And these guys, whether they're on your team or against your team, add so much substance to the game that losing that guy from every weekend, being able to watch his explosiveness, it's just it's it's just sad. I mean, it's just it's not it's not fun. All right, we'll keep it with the wide receivers here because we did not get through all of Ajoa Joe's comments earlier. When we come back, Ajoa will tell you about his first touchdown that took place in Georgia Tech after an almost touchdown. We'll hear that next. 
added on back. a Monday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland. Lawton Swan along for the ride. Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. There is a great video. I, I can't remember if I, I... I think I briefly mentioned it. I won't play it. You got to go find it, though. The SEC Shorts video. I retweeted it uh, at Clemson Sports. If you are a Gamecock fan, that is that is hilarious. I think you got. I think you got to like it if you're a game. So you could continue to peek over the fence at the best radio show in the nation. Thank you, Gamecock Nation. 803-450-0086. Mentioning Ohio State coming in, they move up to number three in the polls. By the way, the Tigers still on top. Didn't lose any ground with their performance uh, in the mind's eye of the college football playoff or in the college football AP and coaches rankings. uh, Still looking good. By comparison to Alabama, Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Ohio State 3, Notre Dame 4, Georgia 5, Oklahoma State 6, the top 6 all uh, in lockstep. I believe the lockstep, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, went down a good bit further, but those top 6 in both polls were eerily similar in total points and number of votes, etc. But we've got a Joe a Joe. Again, a little bit more audio uh, from a Joe here on the program for you if you didn't hear uh, any of his comments earlier, you're going to love this young man out of the uh, out of Canada, uh, Edmonton, Alberta, and boy, what a what a gem of a human being and fun to interview. Goodness gracious! But uh, here's what he had to say about his first touchdown that came a week ago uh, against Georgia Tech down in Atlanta. So, you know, they call the play, and I'm like, oh, this is good. this is coming to me. So I'm like, okay, um, be ready. So like I go, boom, I catch the ball and I'm like, I look and I'm like, oh man, this is really happening now. And like, I don't know, like a sense of like, I just got so much adrenaline in me and I just like go, boom. So I start and then everything is just like, like it's like tunnel vision, just get to the end zone really. And I was like, <clears throat> just hitting my moves and I start running. And I finally get there, and I was, I'm like, what? And I just hear the crowd erupt, and I'm like, no way this just happened. Like, I've been I've been wanting this to happen my entire life, and it, I was like, it was just blurry. I, did, I, I, I was speechless until I sat down on the bench. Like, I had nothing to say. I was just, like, screaming. And my te- I, I went to the bench. My teammates were going crazy. It was, it was awesome. Joe was Joe there talking about uh, his touchdown reception against Georgia Tech, and that came also off the heels of another opportunity uh, where he made a catch and got reviewed, and they say he didn't come down with it inbounds. But he's not the only Canadian wide receiver playing collegiately, and we talked about Chuba Hubbard, the running back at Oklahoma State earlier, but there have been a number of Canadian guys kind of making their names known this year in college football, and here's what Joe had to say about it. Joe, just before that, it looked like you uh, you, you made it. Obviously, that's not a Joe. This is a Joe talking about uh, that almost touchdown reception. Uh, uh, yeah, most definitely. It was. I, I thought I got in, you know, because I hit the pylon, my toes were in, but it kind of motivated me a little more just to now. Now you really got to show. All right, so here's the show talking about the other uh, wide receivers from Canada in college football. It's 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 amazing because like you know we can finally showcase our talents at such a high level and show that, you know, Canadians got it too. You know what I mean? So like, just like, 
I see Josh Palmer, John Mechie, uh, uh, Jared Wayne at Pitt, um, Theo Johnson, he's a tight end at uh, Penn State, uh, and Chase Claypool, he's, he's kind of leading the way right now at, uh, mm-hmm. at Pittsburgh, you know, so it's just, it's amazing, really, like, it just, it just motivates me, like, all right, let's go, we got this, let's do it. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the Canadian guys really you know, having a relationship and knowing each other so well. Really neat to uh, to hear that from Joe earlier today. He also talked about uh, what it's like to be at Clemson. He mentioned earlier how it's similar to his hometown there in Brooks. But uh, here's what he had to say about being at Clemson. Um, it's definitely what I what I hoped would happen. You know, I, I can't really say I expect this, but. I want. I wanted. I've always wanted this to happen, and it's it's really amazing. Like, you guys, you guys got to come visit. Soon, like after this Corona stuff, because I'm telling you, this place is so. It's really amazing. Well, I haven't played in uh, in front of eighty thousand fans, but just playing in front of nineteen thousand. That's even. I'm like, wow. Like, cool. Wow, this is great. You know, and like, I mean, the practices like. They push you to your limits, like they want they want the best out of you, but they're gonna treat you right. And they they really they really put school first. You're really a student before the athlete, you know. So like I really like that because like after football, like what's gonna happen, you know? And they just emphasize that really. Well, and again, that's the thing that Clemson talks about. The Paul journey is another big part of it. And uh, you just continually hear that from the players uh coming out of Tiger Town that they put the student part uh, first, the show was also asked about the blonde bomber. Uh, he was asked about Big Trev, the giant killer. Here's what he had to say about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's a great guy. Like, I don't even like. Oh, you know, he's a he's a good quarterback, but like, he's like Trevor's the nicest guy ever. You know, he got the Goldilocks hair. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't know. His smile too. It just you know he walks in the room and everyone just. Hey, what's up, Trevor? How you doing? You know, like, he's just a great guy to be around. Okay, so that's clearly the line of the day. <laughs> without, a, without a question, a Joe is Joe uh, with he's got the Goldilocks hair. Let me see if I can cue that up. Trevor's the nicest guy ever. You know, he got the Goldilocks hair, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. He- he's got the Goldilocks hair. Oh, man, this kid is a gym. Head over right now, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. You can listen to the full interview, uh, but more importantly right now, during the commercial break, you can read the article uh, about Ajo Ajo and get caught up on everything else going on in the world uh, of your Clemson Tigers. Again, we'd love to have you as a subscriber. 63.17. That's right, Game Cognition. $63.17 to join us for one year. 18 cents a day. $5.25 a month if you pay in advance. Get that $63.17 deal right now. ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Again, it's never as bad or as good as you think. Were we in the Twilight Zone on Saturday? Or are the Clemson Tigers in for another matchup like that? Could they be tested at home? by an upstart Boston College team. We'll talk about that much more during the week. We hit our final break here on a Monday. Stay with us. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. 
win. Final segment on a Monday afternoon. Lawton Swan with you. Thank you for being a part of the program. Couple of things to get to here to put a little bow on the show. I hope you enjoyed the Ajo Ajo interview. Um, I think it was last week. There was a quote. I can't remember if I read it on the air, but uh, an an author up in or a writer up in Canada writing a story about the show said that. Uh, His the chances it was something along the lines of the chances that his name gets you know put in the historical records of college football were twice as great as anybody else's playing today because the kid's name is Ajo Ajo. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, it is a beautiful piece. I wish I, I wish I could read it right. Ross Taylor uh tweeted it. I just I, I, I can't find it. Um, or remember it. Now, there is another undefeated team in the state of South Carolina. Did you recognize Coastal? Have you given the proper love to the Chanticleers? Man, what an incredible story they've become, uh, not only here in the state of South Carolina, but also nationally, uh, just because you know th- their first time making this type of splash in college football I saw our good buddy Tim Brando had him in his top 10 this week. Uh, Pretty incredible. Now, Power 5 undefeated teams, Clemson, Alabama. um, If you want to count the 1-0s, and and that's the thing that Dabo Sweeney said the other day. He said, look, and I, I told you guys last week, I think last week would have been the most undefeated teams playing because the Big Ten just came online, and there were 14 undefeated teams playing alone in that league. That, that number's been cut in half, obviously. Um, but if we take out the the teams that just started, Penn, excuse me, uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, etc., you've got Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and that's it. That's all. Four teams in the Power Five that are undefeated. If you, you know, keep the rest of those in there, yeah, you certainly would still have something to talk about. But it's a small, small number right now. BYU could end up being a fly in the ointment. I don't think anybody thinks Marshall or Coastal or Cincinnati or Liberty, but. At this point, you know, you look at Clemson, you look at Alabama, you look at Ohio State. Who's that fourth team out there? Is it Notre Dame? And is Notre Dame's biggest concern, biggest, you know, the, the, the thing that's most likely to keep them out, your Tigers, because you have to, they have to beat you or play you twice? I mean, could that be the open door for another program out of the SEC or another program out of the Big 12? Legit conversations, I think. 
can be had about that. 803-450-0086. I know I'm getting text messages. Oh, but I, I found the phone. I could see them going through on my watch, but I couldn't find my phone. Got it. Well, let's see here. Double O said, okay, I lied. One more text before my vacation. And everyone knows I take way too many vacations. They're well-deserved. <laughs> you know my fans, Mike Yuva, Donald Trump, Rob Sanders, Gary, the Thrills Mills. <laughs> All right. Let me, can I, should I send you off in style? I feel like you need some going away music. Double O's going on vacation, folks. I love the holiday season. <laughs> what was that? I love the holiday season. <laughs> That's outstanding. Thank you for that. All right. I love the holiday season. Double O's taking a break. He's got reruns of Monk to catch up on. Michael confirms he was in his CE310 class when Dr. Jim Barati, I'm assuming that's all spelled right, uh, walked in and said Danny Ford was being fired. So that was a reference to Danny Ford being fired. Appreciate you there, Michael. By the way, if you're watching right now, like, share, and subscribe. We're still trying to hit 100. It doesn't matter when it happens. <laughs> B-Man, NSC, sent me a text. He says, Swati, what if this was the COVID vaccine? It's a picture of an Almond Joy bar. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Come on, man. What's What are you guys doing to me? You guys, I'm being bullied on my own show. All right, let's see. Billy wants to know how ESPN could justify putting Ohio State number one in their power rankings when they haven't even played a game. I guess that came in last week. Billy, I don't know. Are they still there? I didn't check the FBI. Man, what a day. You guys have been amazing. I have laughed. Uh, it's funny because when we go back and uh, reset the conversation in three years with a Joe is Joe, uh, that is going to be some awesome material. Much like if you go back and find anything we did with ETM when he first got going. Um, these guys are so raw and so open. Um, members of the media just thanking him at the end because I, I think you know being pressed to do this a lot can put you in a shell. He was wide open, man. The full interview, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Go check it out. Read the article. Uh, it is really, really good. We got to get out of here until tomorrow. As always, y'all take care now. And go Tigers! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.